1: to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 161, and this week I'm pleased to be joined by a returning guest. Hello, Gerard.
0: Hey, John. Uh, Glad to be back and ready to talk a lot about wrestling because I think I've taken uh, more notes for this show than any other time I've been on.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of... There's just so much wrestling going on right now, and it's one of those things where I feel like we should uh, appreciate it while it lasts because, like, if you look at the the coronavirus situation in Japan, it's like, who knows how long we're going to have this much wrestling going on. At least in front of crowds, you know?
0: Well, New Japan seems to be ready to go on a 22 or 28 <laughs> G1 Climax. <laughs> they're,
1: really, they're really confident that Abe is not going to shut this shit down again. Uh, maybe he won't, I don't know. But, uh, you know. I mean, I guess what else are they supposed to do, right, until it's shut down? But, uh, yeah. I mean, they could have... I, I, I definitely, you know, they announced, like you said, it's 19 dates... It's very ambitious. It's like they're going to go all the way to Hokkaido and, you know, as far as, uh, you know, Kobe and all. Like, hit you know, a lot of their normal stops. I, I I think the only place they would normally go for a G1 that they're not going is, like, Fukuoka. I don't think there was a Fukuoka date. I wrote them all down, so I have them. But I don't think they're going as far south as Fukuoka. But, uh, you know, it's, it is an ambitious tour given the, you know, the COVID situation in Japan is not exactly looking great these days. But, uh, you know, I guess they're hoping it'll get back under control without having to do a full shutdown. But uh, Anyway, I guess we we'll hopefully don't talk a lot about coronavirus anyway, because I'm sure people <laughs> are tired of hearing about that. For now, we have lots of Japanese wrestling. We have a ton of topics to talk about, uh, you know, so we'll get right into it here. We have All Japan with the Champion Carnival announcement. Uh, we have a ton of New Japan shows on, in two countries and NOAA. So, uh, you know, I guess we already did a little bit of banter before we even recorded. So I guess we could even, I mean, what have you been doing lately, Jordan? Anything special? Just watching lots of wrestling like me, I assume?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> lots of wrestling. Getting back and watching a lot of old wrestling, too, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and discovering, just, I've actually mostly watched stuff that I've already seen before. But uh, I found a few like sort of hidden gems in there, too.
1: Yeah, it's like we're doing the uh, five matches omakase, which, you know, I'm going to plug here in a second. I, it's mostly stuff I've seen before, but then, like, people will plug me stuff that I've never seen, like, you know, Todd Martin on the episode that just went up, uh, you know, did the Super Dragon Necro Butcher match, which I've obviously heard of, but just never got around to watching for whatever reason. So that was, uh, that was quite the experience. But, uh, you know, so that's a good little transition then into the... Uh, into the patreon plug so if you're not subscribing which you know is obviously many of you i'm sure Uh, we have so much stuff going over on the patreon right now uh it's at patreon.com slash wrestling omakase it's only five dollars per month uh we just put up a brand new patreon exclusive five matches episode with me and todd martin from the pw torch uh, you know, we talked about a, like I said, Super Dragon versus Necro Butcher, uh, the Funks against Brody and Hanson from All Japan in 82, Regal versus Fit Finley from WCW in 96, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Katsuyori Shibata from the G1 in 2014, and Kenta Kobashi versus Yoshihiro Takayama from NOAA in 2004. So, you know, a great collection of matches, really had a lot of fun with Todd on that one. So that's up there right now on the Patreon for you if you subscribe. Um, we're also doing daily tournament audio. so uh, if you're wondering why we're not talking about the King of DDT or the Tokyo Joshi Princess Cup, which are both going on right now, um, you know, there's just so much to talk about that honestly, it's not even just me trying to earn your five dollars. I mean, I, I don't know how it would fit all this all of that onto what's already gonna be a packed episode. So I had to move some of it to the patreon at least. So we're doing daily tournament coverage. Uh, the first day is already up for um, Saturday which had the you know the first round of the king of DT and Tokyo Joshi princess Cup uh, we'll be doing it again you know later today on Sunday as I'm recording this uh, we'll be doing for the second round of King of DT and the uh, first half of the second round for Tokyo Joshi and then Monday we'll do the quarterfinals for King of DT and the uh the other half of the second round with tokyo joshi so you know we're going to be covering that daily uh we'll, we'll continue on the 15th when uh tokyo joshi continues their tournament with the quarterfinals so we're gonna be covering those tournaments all the way to the end um you get all that coverage on the patreon you get the naito ishii series that we're doing we just reached the fourth the fourth episode of that which You know, covered a ton of history stuff, too, with Naito and Ishii. Um, You know, the entire period between 2014 and their third match in 2014, and their fourth match in 2016, uh, the transformation of Naito and the start of LIJ. We talked about all that stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, You know, the entire Okada Tanahashi series that's completed, the Sengoku Lord Review I did a few weeks back, Anime Omikase, if you want to hear about anime, uh, you know, we have four episodes already with more to come. Uh probably the next one will be on the show I've been telling everybody to watch. Uh H- H- for, uh you know, the uh my next life as a villainous so which was a big hit from the spring season uh this year. So definitely looking forward to recording on that one and putting it up on the on the Omikasi Patreon. So, you know, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I hope you Come check it out if you haven't already. We've gotten a bunch of new patrons this weekend, actually. So, uh, you know, I hope you'll come join us. Patreon.com slash omakase. $5 gets you all that stuff I just talked about. So definitely come check it out. Uh, all As right. a
0: Patreon subscriber, I would like to say that it's worth your $5 a month.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Gerard. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just hit the uh, a, a threshold that I'm very happy with. So it's like i have two thresholds in my like i have numbers that i want and then i also want to stay ahead of russell joy so we're, we're doing <laughs> we're doing good on both counts so far uh but yes so the champion carnival the blocks were announced that's the first topic we're going to cover here today um it's only gonna it's going to be like a reduced tournament uh smaller blocks than usual it's only six shows total right is that right
0: Yeah, uh, it's six shows. And so, I mean, unlike New Japan, All Japan is clearly playing it safe because all of the shows, there's three of the six shows are in Korokin. And the other, and two of the other shows are in both in Kanagawa Prefecture, one in Kawasaki and one in Odawara. And the furthest they go, leave Tokyo is to Nagoya, where they actually uh, is one of their better cities outside of the Tokyo area where they draw but that's it and so i think that's sort of like a sign of how like cautious they're being
1: yeah i mean look if you're it probably also speaks to the like if like let's say you're new japan and you book all this stuff and it can't and they have to cancel it all i mean yeah. Buchiro can afford that uh right. all japan probably cannot afford to book a bunch of stuff that gets canceled so it makes right a lot of and, sense. and
0: you might not be wanting to go all the way to like sapporo or osaka if you can't fill up the building on 100 either right
1: And for people who don't know, by the way, Kanagawa is very close to Tokyo. So it's like the, it's one of the next prefectures over. So, um, but yeah, so the Champion Carnival, uh, Block A is Suwama, uh, Jiro Ikemen Kurishio, uh, Zeus, Jake Lee, and Kuma Arashi. Uh, Kuma, of course, comes from the, uh, you know, the. The end of Wrestle 1. So I guess you would call him an outsider and you'd call ikeman outsiders. I don't know why people are saying no outsiders.
0: There's outsiders here. I mean, like, well, they've, they've been... Yeah, but they're they, just, like, basically full-time All Japan guys now. Well, has ikeman been,
1: been around that much? I, I haven't noticed. Uh, since
0: the pandemic started, yeah.
1: Okay. I haven't, I haven't been really... He's I'm been, way behind He was on
0: almost all of their... Maybe not all of them, but most of their empty arena shows from 2AW Square.
1: Ah, I don't know, maybe I was only watching the main events for some of them. Block B has Kento Miyahara, Shuji Ishikawa, Yoshitatsu, Yuma Aoyagi, and Shotaro Ashino. Um, I think, I have to say, tentatively Block B looks quite a bit better. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, So any matches in here you're very excited for, I assume Kento versus Ashino would be towards the top of the list like it is for me
0: yeah i think that's the number one um uh other ones uh honestly jake lee versus zeus because they don't really tangle that often uh so i'd like to see that because i think that could be pretty fun um but also one thing i'm thinking and if you sort of look back uh back in the mid-2000s the carnivals were a lot of just like five or six per block and if you go all the way back to like the mid 90s the g1 climaxes when they were only five or six guys you got a lot more draws so i kind of suspect that's what we're getting in here especially considering you've got to sort of like book certain ways and try to get people through so i'm expecting a couple of draws this time around
1: uh and do you have any early predictions um as Uh, well
0: frankly the only acceptable finals i mean if you're actually trying to you know push forward some momentum in the company is Jake Lee versus Ashino. That seems to be the
1: very popular prediction I'm sure. But
0: seen. I mean you can't I mean it being all Japan you can't really rule out they just have Kento go to the finals and win it even. I mean <laughs> that's not impossible but honestly uh do I I think Ashino should win and avenge his loss to Suwama but I think it if it is Jake Lee versus Ashino in the finals it's probably Jake winning and then beating Suwama uh for the triple crown like the next month
1: all right so there you go that's uh and nobody fall very few people follow all japan as close as you do so i definitely trust your uh trust your prediction here i mean jake jake lee seems like a very likely winner to me as well um if i was gonna say somebody off the board yeah probably ashino um if they really want to go off the board maybe even aoyagi yeah
0: yeah yeah that'd be interesting but i'm like i'm pretty like i don't know it just felt like before the pandemic that it was going to be jake lee although they hadn't really done too much with him lately but one thing i'm pretty sure is that suwama would still not be the triple crown champion right now if there was no pandemic Mm. so
1: so there you go that's the champion carnival participants uh we'll obviously be covering it here on omakase uh when it kicks off in september right or is the end of august i know it's september okay You know, so we're gonna be covering it here. I don't know if it'll be on the uh, Patreon or on the free feed. I have to figure it out. I mean, I kind of figured, um, like, one of the things I wanted to do on the Patreon is like the daily tournament coverage. For you know the G one and the Champion Carnival, maybe even the N one. I did not assume they would all be going on simultaneously, yeah. so I have to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with that. Well,
0: do we know is the N one going on Wrestle Universe or is it just going to be all over the place? Yeah, on no, one. I don't. Channels? I don't think
1: we know yet. So yeah, the for I, I know there was a tweet by Chris Samsa that like really laid out how these tournaments are going to be going on at the same time. Let me see if I can find it because the dates are kind of crazy. But yeah, the the Champion Carnival is only six days, so that that will help a little bit. But obviously, the G1 is 19. Uh, you know the N1. I don't think we have a full schedule yet, do we? I think we know. I that. think we do. It's okay. it's
0: it's maybe only slightly longer than the Champion Carnival. It's okay. certainly not as long tour either.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so let me see the the actual dates that it overlaps. Okay. So the Champion Carnival looks like it kicks off the first on September 12th. The N1 Victory starts on the 18th. The G1 Climax starts the next day on the 19th, and they all run concurrently until October 5th when the Champion Carnival ends. Uh, the N1 looks like it ends October 11th, and the G1 goes all the way through October 18th. So, uh, and then I have another one with, like, the whole schedule. I mean, they actually aren't... It doesn't look like there's any days where all three of them run at the same time, so that's good at least. But uh, there's
0: I think there's a day where it's, like, Korokin, it's, like, one day is all Japan... And the next day is the N1 and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't look like there's any day where all three no. of them are at the same time.
0: So that's good. Although I'm sure that's also why Sugiera is not in the Champion Carnival now.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's why. Yeah. So the G, there's like a, a bunch of days. Like the G1 and the N1 are both September 18th. Uh, N1 and Champion Carnival are both September 20th. That kind of thing. So uh, the N1 finals on the same day as the G1 champion carnival finals on the same day as the g1 as well so you know it's gonna be a busy time provided all these shows actually happen so i guess we'll see uh anyway let's get into the new japan shows from this past week and there were a lot of them uh we're gonna start out with new japan pro wrestling strong the first week of that of uh, the u.s show on august 7th on friday uh you know i i figure first of all it's an easier thing to cover than the Four is just because it's one show. There was only four matches. Uh, we didn't really talk about the uh, Lions break collision shows on this podcast because I still have not watched them, honestly. I just never got around to it. Did you see those or no?
0: Yes, I did. I, I liked them.
1: Yeah, that seems that they seem to get universally uh, positive reviews, so I, I should go back and check them out. It just did, didn't happen. Uh, but these shows caught my eye because, first of all, they're doing like a major tournament here, the New Japan Cup, USA, with eight participants and a shot at the U.S. title on the line. Uh, it sounds like, I think Rocky Romero on Wrestling Observer Live said, you know, until they're able to book John Moxley again to defend the U.S. title, they might actually just defend the U.S. Uh, title number one contendership contract. So it'll almost be like a, uh, I don't know, like a interim champion. It's kind of interesting. There'll
0: be a lot of defenses of that contract at this rate. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so the 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 entire sh- the presentation of the show was very cool. I mean it starts out with like an opening video, uh, we get Kevin Kelly and Alex Kozlov who uh, used to be one half of forever hooligans at Rocky Romero. Uh, kind of a kind of an out of nowhere pick to be color commentator. It was interesting. I Didn't even really, really know he was still around. But uh, you know, he didn't I wouldn't say he was bad. The two of them were like, you know, a little boring at times, maybe, and like, you know, not that I don't li- like Kevin Kelly or anything, but like, you're doing empty arena, you really need to like bring extra energy. I feel like, yeah, um, and well, you're
0: yeah. not even there.
1: Well, they are; they were there. I thought.
0: I thought that looked like it was like digitally projected. Oh, background. maybe you're That's right. That's what I thought, but I could be wrong. But it just looked—it looked off to me.
1: Well, who knows? You know. Whether they're there or not, they they gotta yell more. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like if you notice the Japanese announcers, uh, what, what what do you agree with Nicole? Uh, the, he, the, like I noticed that it sounded very dead when he was announcing. Okay, so Nicole <laughs> agrees with me. Uh, yes, she they 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 really gotta yell more and like uh, you know like the Japanese announcers do a really good job covering for not just I mean they did a good job covering for empty arena and even now they do a good job of covering for the clap the clap only crowds. Um, you know, with like you know, by being very energetic and screamy, and the two of them gotta get used to that and do more a little more like high energy here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, I have no clue if he's just in this for the like, just the sort of show, or if he's they're considering using him for the long haul. But yeah, so we'll have to see. Uh, so the.
1: It's the other thing we get is like a really cool montage of like previous New Japan Cup winners starting with twenty fifteen and Kota Ibushi right through evil this year, which is like a cool way to show that this first ever New Japan Cup USA is connected. Not USA New Japan Cup. Kenta will get mad if you if you say it in the wrong order. That was that was kind of funny. I mean his Twitter his Twitter persona in general is pretty funny. Uh so we opened up with speaking of Kenta, Kenta versus Carl Fredericks. Oh, the other thing I want to mention too is the the staging, and like the you know it looked very major league. I thought for what's probably like a converted warehouse, they did they did a good job of like with these screens everywhere with the logos and stuff.
0: Looks cooler than the performance center.
1: Yeah, I mean the performance center looked fucking stupid. How how is there like a I don't know <laughs> like a billion dollar company and they can't make the performance center look more like anything? Like it just looks like this fucking empty building. I don't know, but uh, it's a good point. I <laughs> mean, like it looks so stupid. Uh, so this is my first time seeing the new look Carl Fredericks here. Uh, him versus Kenta was the opener of the New Japan Cup USA first round. Uh, I also heard his new entrance music for the first time. It's very interesting. It's like almost like a techno beat or something. But uh, Kenta came out for the to the Bullet Club music for whatever reason. I like to think they just didn't have a copy of his theme song
0: because it's never been released anywhere so like they're reminding you that he's still in the bullet club
1: (laughs) i don't know it's funny i I like that this thing is uh for new japan cup usa they're in the u.s and they still have a japanese ring (laughs) announcer (laughs) announcing everything in japanese it's like that's a good touch way to way to keep it authentic i mean i was telling todd like these shows are like surprisingly popular with japanese fans like they if you look at the hashtags they actually tweet about them a lot well, um, they had
0: Tanahashi and Shibata doing commentary for um, Lions Break in Japanese, yeah. which I thought was really cool. I wonder, So I think that probably gets some eyeballs.
1: I wonder if they did it for this one, too. I didn't check.
0: No, I, I didn't either. Yeah.
1: But, uh, but yeah, the Japanese fans seem to be into it. And like there's a, almost like a I don't know, like they, they seem very like proud of the fact that they have this New Japan Cup or this New Japan USA thing that's still trying to, you know, continue on during the pandemic. Seems to be a source of pride for New Japan fans. Uh, but yeah, so Kenta, you know, Kenta took control of this match early with his elbows and his kicks and just really beat his ass. Um, you know, he kept telling Carl to go ahead and fire him back and then just puts him down one elbow. Real good stuff. Uh, even though Carl's not a young lion anymore, this was, like, very close to a young lion versus veteran match for a while. But, like, you know, Kenta really just destroying him. But Carl finally came back with, like, this neck breaker and a charge into the corner, uh, and then he had a backdrop suplex and elbow drop. Uh, Kenta took back over really quickly. But Fredericks came back and got like this nice half crab. But Kenta escaped. Uh, you know, Kenta came back with a huge lariat that K- Fredericks took a nice flip bump for. And you don't really associate Kenta with a lariat. But uh, it was a really nice one. And Carl kicks out at two. Uh, Kenta ends up hitting this really cool like overhead right-hand slap. Uh, just a brutal counter. And then a big strike combo. And then finish him clean as clean a sheet with the go to sleep for the pin. Uh, you know, close to a squash for Kenton. Not quite, because Carl did get a little bit of offense. But uh, definitely one-sided here. Uh, I thought this was really good. I went three and a half on it. Definitely a good opener.
0: Um, Yeah, it was okay. Uh, like a squash, like you said. Uh, I thought, actually, given it was a little weird, and I didn't expect that, given how great Carl looked on those line break shows. So... I was kind of surprised at how this. I thought Kenta would win, but I was um, sort of surprised how it played out. And so I think that sort of slightly uh, subtracted from my enjoyment of this match. But it's still like, as a squash match, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they're just trying to show that Carl isn't quite ready to be like a top top guy yet. But uh, you know.
0: Yeah, his ego is getting the better of him. Yeah, kind
1: of but I mean, Kenta, I think is clearly going to be set to be the. I mean, I w- I think he's going to win probably. Yeah. I mean, he seems like probably set up to be the ace of the brand. I mean, he's, you know, he's by far the biggest star, so. Uh, the second match, for also, uh, all these matches, obviously, are first round matches. Jeff Cobb and Tonga Loa. Uh, I saw people praising this match. I don't really get it. It wasn't very good. There was It was just very dull to me. A lot of slow brawling. Uh, a rest hold from Loa right after the five-minute mark when nothing much had happened. Um you know Cobb finally hits like a big power slam that looked nice but then Tongaloa just completely overshoots Cobb on a sunset flip which ended up looking pretty stupid uh, his drop kick looked okay but uh you know you went for ape shit and then Cobb came back with a nice looking snap German and then tore the islands for the pin uh you know I just thought this match was nothing until the very end and even then you know there was a botch so I don't know I want like one and a half I just didn't think it was good.
0: I don't know I liked it. I guess I had like uh low expectations going in. you're like I would I did subtract marks it's sort of like when when Loa went into like control mode and stuff And I have like right like you know in my uh notes but you know I thought the ending was fine and you know it's a perfectly passable like TV match
1: uh, I should mention by the way the opener was nine fifty nine and the second match was eight forty five I usually give out the uh the match times and I just totally forgot. Uh, match three, David Finley defeating Chase Owens in the New Japan Cup first round in 946 with the Prima Nocta. Um, you know, I, did, I didn't really think much of this one either. Uh, you know, Chase started out with a lot of cheating, as you probably expect. He controlled a lot of this match, and which wasn't very exciting because he doesn't exactly have fantastic offense. Uh, Finley came back with a pair of European uppercuts, one for the middle rope, which got a two count, and uh, then he finally hit the prima nocta which is that like the acid drop i guess for the pen uh very nothing match i would go like two and a quarter i don't know below average uh
0: talk about rest holds if you're going to single out Tonga lower you gotta <laughs> also mention uh chase owens liberal use of them early on in this match I thought the last couple minutes were fine but it was a snore fest before yeah really uh
1: match number four the main event tamatanga ...beating Brody King in seven fourteen with the gun stun. I'm a little surprised it was that short. This was, like, my big surprise of the show. Uh, I thought this was pretty damn good. Uh, You know, Brody was this big house of fire early... ...and just, like, sent clean-shaven Tama... uh, ...you know, like, straight up in the air and then down... ...for, like, crushing him with a huge senton. Uh, You know, Tama got some offense after getting dominated early... But when he tried his stinger splash, Brody just like catches him in midair and just overhead belly-to-belly suplexes him right in the turnbuckle, which looked brutal. Uh, he followed up with a big clothesline and then ran him into the other corner, hit a huge standing lariat for a two-count. Uh, Tama came back but, get, but got dropped uh, right on his head by Brody with a German suplex and then a huge lariat, but Tama kicked out at two. And this is just... I just wrote here, This is pretty damn good. I mean, I, I like this a lot. He came back with the Tongan Twist... And hit the gunstone and covered. Uh, he got the pen. I mean, I, I honestly would have liked to see him go a few more minutes. I thought it was, uh, you know, my big surprise of the night. I went three and a half stars on it.
0: Uh, also, my match of the night, uh, I think, you know, that was my initial reaction. But I think one of the problems with Tama Tonga singles matches is that if they start to go too long, <laughs> then he runs out of things to do. So this was the shortest match of four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that sort of played a role in like how much I really liked that because, I mean, well, how many more moves did uh, Tama Tonga uh, have uh, that he could have done if this match had gone on any, on any longer, honestly? But, I mean, it was still great for what it was and Brody King looked great. Yeah,
1: so definitely a good main event here. Um, you know, a, g- a good way to close the show. I mean, overall, I mean, it was a fun show, only an hour long. Yeah. Uh, you know, two two matches I didn't love, but two that I thought were pretty damn good. And I definitely am going to keep watching the tournament. So next week, it's Jeff Cobb versus Kenta and David Finley versus Tamatanga in the semifinals, plus, quote, a pair of great tag team matches. I don't think. Do we know what those are yet? Let me say.
0: Uh, I don't think so.
1: Okay, I'll just, just gonna double check real fast and check. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's definitely an easy watch. No, we do not know what those are yet. You're right. But yeah, uh, that'll be next week, and we'll definitely cover it. We'll continue covering it here on Wrestling Omakase. So, let's move over to Japan now for NJPW, the Summer Struggle Tour, rolling on with the Never Openweight Six-Man Title Tournament. Uh, it was four straight days of Hurricane. Uh You have the f- two first round matches on Thursday and Friday, the semifinals on Saturday, and the final on f- on Sunday uh, will go in order, obviously. I'm going to start with the main events for these and work my way down, since... Uh, the main events were a lot more important than these you know undercard matches that really weren't much of anything so that begins then on thursday at corican hall which had the first two first round matches uh the main event was shingo takagi Sonata, and bushi beating the suzuki gun team of Minoru suzuki el desperado and doki uh using the skull end on doki in 1337 to advance in the tournament. Uh, of course, LIJ were the champions before they vacated the titles. It was Shingo, Bushi, and Evil. So I think people kind of thought they would at least get past the first round, which makes sense. Um, Suzuki-gun jumped LIJ right at the bell, and Suzuki ran at, right at Shingo, which, you know, was kind of interesting given all the speculation that he might be Shingo's next never challenger, and that turned out to be the case, uh, you know, as he make more... Uh, you know, he'd say that, but pretty much at the end of the match, uh, there was a big Shingo Suzuki exchange that was really fun, with both guys really trading a lot of blows and Suzuki countering Shingo's attempts at power moves with all these different sleepers before Shingo finally hits a front suplex to end it. Um, and they had like another great sequence towards the end of it with uh, Suzuki really going after Shingo hard with the elbows. We get like this big running sequence with Suzuki going for the sleeper and Shingo eventually getting the pumping bomber on him. Uh, Bushi hits a run into the floor on Desfi. Sonata gets the skull end on Doki, but he almost rolls him up with the pen. It was a great little near fall. Uh, and then he gets another really uh, even better near fall on a crucifix cradle. It looked even better. And then finally, Sonata put him away after a really fun little exchange between two guys who, uh, you know, Sonata and Doki, not the most beloved members of the roster. But uh, I thought they had a great little exchange there. I actually like them both, so I don't know. I'm, I disagree with the rep, I guess. But yeah, this match was a blast, I thought, especially the uh, Shingo-Suzuki exchanges, which really bodes well for a future Never Title match. I went three and three quarters. Really good little main event here. What would you think?
0: I went uh, three and a half. Uh, It's funny, the first thing I've written in my notes says Shingo versus Suzuki. Um, That was awesome, and this was a really good match, and I think... Uh, my match of the night, actually, on this show. So,
1: afterwards, Suzuki goes after the never singles belt and makes it even more obvious, pointing at it. So, there we go. Uh, that could be, that it, it obviously will be the never Tunnel match for Jingu. Uh, probably maybe some kind of blast match they're talking about. So, we'll see. Are you excited for maybe a blast match at Jingu? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. Especially against those two. Um, they will sell it well. I don't think you could just throw any. Two even decent or good members of the New Japan roster into a blast match and it would work, but for these guys it would.
1: Yeah. Uh, the semi main event was the other never open weight six man title tournament first round match on this show. Uh, unfortunately, this one was nowhere near as good as the other one. <laughs> uh, Kazuchiko, Kata, Toriano, and show defeating Yujiro Takahashi, Gato, and Jado in 1203, show submitting Jado with what they're calling a double wrist lock. Isn't that just a Kimura? Looks like a Kamara to me when he does it.
0: I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. Is that what they have on the New Japan? Yeah, they, they have do a double oh, okay. wrist lock.
1: Well, whatever. Uh, first of all, I have to say, Jado did walk out like positively briskly compared to some of his recent <laughs> yeah. run-ins. I was like, did he Did he like get a get a massage or something? I don't understand.
0: Maybe he's got some stem cells in those knees or something.
1: Uh, so Okada and Yujiro started, and Okada gave him a clean break, but then had to briefly sell for Gato and Jato attacking him from behind, which is kind of funny, just watching him sell for those two. But then he quickly took out all three of them, of course. Uh, the Okada Yujiro exchange of father was just as boring as they've all been throughout this terrible feud. Uh, zero people clapping when Yujiro takes, briefly took down Okada, because unlike, like, every other hero in the company, like, zero people are Yujiro fans, it is pretty funny. Uh, we take, we get, like, a long comedy exchange with, uh, Yano and Gato, and your enjoyment of that will probably vary, um, I honestly think no one in New Japan loses more from the clapping crowds than Yano. Like, his comedy just feels yeah. way more flat without anyone to laugh or cheer. And I, I usually like him, but, like, I don't know, just something... He, he really loses a lot in these crowds. Um, The stuff with him and Gato's beard was kind of funny, I guess. But the turnbuckle stuff, you know, kind of played out at this point. Uh, I mean, Gato, honestly, just like I say, he moved better in this match than he's looked in months. I'm not sure what's up with that, but... He wasn't good, but definitely an improvement from how he looked, you know, going back to the New Japan Cup. Uh, but show speared him and put him in the Kimura to thankfully put this match out of its misery uh, it wasn't as bad as it could have been I guess but it wasn't good either I would go two stars fly on it
0: yeah this was probably also the worst match of the tournament um, I don't know I mean, I, I get it. I, it's not like I'm offended. This is horrible. Fuck New <laughs> Japan or anything like yeah. that. Uh, although I would say you could have shaved two, three minutes off of this. Come on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's only a first round match, it can go like nine minutes.
1: Uh, match number four is Taichi, Zach Sabre Jr., and Yoshinobu Kanemaru uh, from Suzuki Goon defeating Tanahashi Ibushi and Yuya Uemura. Uh, Kanemaru submitting or pinning Uemura with the deep impact of 927. A preview for the following night's tournament match because we just had a uh, uemura in there instead of wato but um you know this was pretty fun uh I, remember I got to run wild early and he fought off all three suzuki members by himself but then when tanahashi asked to be tagged in he, he immediately gets cut off by taichi and zach in the corner and just taken apart with zach like especially going after his knee so it continues the storyline that he's a weak link right you know at the moment uh, Urimura, like, came in to save Tanahashi and finally tagged on Ibushi, who cleaned house on, uh, Taichi and Zack. Uh, Urimura got another hot tag from Ibushi and just looked awesome in this match, I thought. Uh, Tanahashi ends up alone against all three members of Guru and, like, briefly holds his own before they go after his knee again to stop him. Um, there's actually a little tiny botch here where Zack, like, went, went to kick his knee and he didn't notice it at first, which was kind of funny. But yeah, Kanemaru eventually hits deep impact and Urimura for the win. Fun six man, some really energetic stuff out of Urimura and Ibushi. I went three and a quarter. Uh, but the the big news out obviously was the continuation of the Tanahashi and Kota storyline, where like they all were like stepping on Tanahashi after the match, and Kota was in no rush to go save him. Just looked extremely frustrated on the floor. Uh, he finally rolls in like very slowly and then also gets attacked by ZSJ and Taichi, and they held Tana up and told Kota to go ahead and hit the Kamigoi on him, which is pretty funny. And he actually looked like he was thinking about it, but they finally attacked him before he made any decision to either attack or save Tana and then toss him out of the ring. So I, I really enjoyed this storyline and I enjoyed this match. Uh,
0: I went three and a half here. I love this. Uh, I thought Yumura was awesome. In fact, he's been the highlight of all four shows for me, actually. Uh, him and uh, Gabriel Kidd just are really standing out right now and uh yeah uh the story was great just a perfect little like quick nine minute six man that managed to tell a great story so i mean that's pro wrestling at its most simple but best i think
1: uh match number three another little preview for the following day i was goto ishii and yoshihashi beating makabe honma and gojima just had uh Kojima in there instead of taguchi i believe uh, and Goto pinned Makabe in nine twelve with the Goto Nishiki, that uh, wacky cradle of his. So, this was, uh, you know, it was pretty fun. You know, it was, I'd say like three stars. Not not a ton to say about it, but, uh, you know, it was interesting that Makabe took the pin when Homer was right there. Uh, it's not like either guy is really doing anything right now, but uh, maybe they're going to build up to something with Goto and Makabe. But yeah, there was some good action here, especially with Ishii and Kojima.
0: Yeah, uh another fun match. Um I have in my notes, does Goto pinning Makabe mean anything? But uh as of right now, I don't think that means anything. I don't know. Just mix it up, I guess. I don't know. But otherwise, yeah, it was fun little thing and um I had wished uh maybe uh Kojima um also looked awesome here, sort of and sort of set the tone for how things would turn out for him for the over the next couple of nights.
1: Match two was Master Wato and his apparent mentor Hiroshi Tenzan, defeating Ryusuke Taguchi and Yota Suji nine fifty four Wato pinning Suji with the RPP uh, basic low tag match here but Wato and Suji had some decent exchanges I went two
0: and three quarters on this one uh I haven't let's see what I have written here okay I thought Suji looked like the best out of all four guys here he had a great uh,
1: weekend but- in general.
0: Yeah, he also, all the young lions did, I should say. I forgot about Suji, But uh, I also thought Wado didn't do much, although the ending was fine with him. It was decent. But otherwise, he was sort of regrettable in this.
1: Uh, Yuji Nagata in the opener beat Gabriel Kidd in 8 12 with the Nagata Lock 2. Uh, this was a really fun opener, I thought. Like, Nagata really took it to Kidd. Kidd looked great. Um, this was really about as good as one of those young lion versus veteran matches could be. I went three and a half.
0: Yeah, I also went three and a half, and like Kid was super aggressive early on. Does he like run right up to? He ran right up to Nagata with the bell and just like clocked him, right? I yeah. Think. I mean, yeah. he's been so, super
1: aggressive against everybody. So, it's yeah, been, it's been so fun. The, to see. Yeah, I
0: went three and a half. It was awesome. Great build. It actually it felt like it was longer than eight minutes, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. Like they just packed in a lot of stuff in that eight minutes, and it was awesome.
1: So, overall, a very good start to the weekend, I thought.
0: Yeah uh
1: the second show was on friday the 7th with the other half of the never open way six-man title tournament first round uh the main event it was tanahashi ibushi and master Wato beating the uh suzuki-gun team of taichi zack saber jr and kanemaru tanahashi actually getting the pin on taichi in 1653 uh they called it a double leg nelson i think it was like a i don't know like almost like a sunset flip to looked like to me but uh or not sunset flip but like a like a front cradle or something. I don't know. It was a it was a roll up. Everybody can never keep track of the roll up names. Uh, but yeah, this was. It started out with Taichi and Kanemaru uh, immediately teaming up to put old man Tanahashi down yet again. Uh, and Taichi gave him like an Inzaghi, and Tanahashi just collapsed. I mean, he's selling it all, throughout this entire angle, where you know it can't be an easy angle for you. We have to be. To- you're basically told, uh, you know, go out there and look like look like you're fucking dying or look like you look, like you're, look like shit, is a, uh, you know, it's, it can't be an easy thing to play, but he's doing a really good job. Uh, Zack then tagged in and continued, like, punishing Tanahashi's leg, as he's been doing for weeks now. Uh, Ibushi on the apron, like, seemed to refuse to come in to help him, which, uh, you know, continued that kind of storyline there. Uh, Tanahashi finally went for the tag, only to get dropped by Taichi's dangerous backdrop, so he couldn't quite get it. Uh, they just keep playing with him, and they seem to invite Ibushi in the ring to hit Kamigoi on him again, just like they did at the end of the match on the previous day. But Ibushi pushes them away, and then he starts lifting him up like he's going to do it anyway. But then he turns and nails Taiji Zak Zack instead, and then he screams for Tanahashi to make the tag, which he finally does, and Ibushi runs wild on both guys. Uh, after that, we got like a Wato ken and Mario exchange I would say was just okay, uh, and then Tanahashi finally tags back in. He cleans house on Kanemaru and hits a double cross body to both dangerous techers standing on the apron. Uh, he calls in Ibushi, and the two of them finally do some double team moves on Kanemaru. Uh, Wato hits his big spinning die to the floor to look pretty good, and then Tana goes for the high fly flow on Kanemaru, but uh, the heel master gets his knees up. He tags out the Taichi, hits an axe bomber on Tana for two, and then a last ride power bomb. but Ibushi and Wato dive in to save him just as we hit the 15 minute mark. Uh, Kota tries to fight off both dangerous techers by himself, but it doesn't go too well for him. Uh, and then Taichi and Zack just start like brutalizing Tanahashi again, just like they did at Dominion, with uh, Zack giving him the standing Dragon Screw, with Taichi holding him up. So you think like they're gonna, you know, beat him again. But then Taichi gives him a super kick. They pick Tanahashi up and go for the Zack Mephisto combo. Just like, they have such great double team names. Uh, but yeah, it's just a Black Mephisto with Zack doing a super kick. But Ibushi runs in to save bush to save Tanahashi, hits a high kick on Taichi to the face, and then Tanahashi rolls through into that cradle and gets the pin. Uh, it's a really cool finish, I thought, because like, you know, Tanahashi gets the pinfall. Which should make he and Ibushi in line for a tag title rematch now. But, like, it still feels kind of like a fluke and like that Ibushi carried Tana. So they're not abandoning that Tanahashi is the weakling storyline either. I mean, backstage he tells Ibushi, like, you have to be God now. Which is very. I mean, the entire thing, you know, people are like, well, is Ibushi going to turn heel? Maybe the entire point of the thing was just to make, you know, Kota Ibushi make it clear that Ibushi's at a higher level than Tanahashi now and he's, you know, going to be the. The, the top A face for Hontai but yeah, Zach went after Tanahashi to rage after the match so uh, the tag title match definitely looks like it's on for Jingu uh, it was a good main event, I actually liked the previous day slightly better, but this was a lot of fun and continued a really interesting storyline I would go
0: 3.5 I think I like this one better than the day's previous main event I thought Tanahashi actually was awesome here just getting beat up uh, I think this is where the the no yelling does hurt because you, you know that people would be screaming, like, Tanahashi, Tanahashi. She's getting his, like, trying to, they're trying to rip his legs out of their sockets and everything. Uh, although, I would say, given how banged up Tanahashi's knees are looking, he's got to stop doing the hi-fi flow. He, like, did it, like, almost every show, yeah. or at least attempted to. Yeah, he's
1: yeah, he really got to stop doing it, I agree. Uh, the semi-main was the f- other first-round match on this on this show. Uh, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi defeating Makabe, Honma, and Taguchi in 11:53. Yoshihashi submits Hanma with the butterfly lock to advance to semifinals. Uh, Makabe and Hanma, you know, double teamed their old uh, GBH deserter Ishii early on, and then they attempt to do the same thing to Yoshihashi. But uh, Gota, Goto tried to run in, but Taguchi came in to make it three-on-two and tacked them with his, with his butt, as usual. Uh, we then get the double Kokeshi from Taguchi and Hanma, including like this really wacky wobbling from the Gooch uh, before, he, before he went down on him, which is kind of funny. Uh, Goto and Yoshihashi used a double reverse GTR on Honma to set up Yoshihashi putting him in that stupid butterfly lock, and that, got the ta- that gets the tap out. Uh, this was fine maybe maybe a little disappointing I don't know I went like three stars
0: yeah same it was it was fine it was like a perfectly serviceable like standard insert ingredients and then you'll have your New Japan six man tag type thing right yeah very basic but it's it's like technically a pretty fine match
1: uh, match four it was interesting that Naito and Evil had like half these shows off they only worked Friday and Sunday which I know they try to give Naito days off and stuff because you know Body's He's, about <laughs> He's about to die. He's about to die. The LIJ team of Naito, Shingo Takagi, Sonata, and Bushi defeated the Bullet Club, Evil, Dick Togo, Taiji Ishibori, and Gato. Uh, Sonata submitting Gato in 1326 with the skull end. Uh, Naito pointed out afterwards that this was the first loss for an Evil team since he joined Bullet Club. So they stopped his momentum, as he said. Uh, but yeah this is a uh, lij of all people i really get annoyed sometimes when they, they they get these pre-match attacks for the bell it's like you guys used to do this to everybody you should and still do it sometimes you should be prepared for somebody to attack you before the bell uh also was bushi wearing an, an like an ava unit one tribute mat- mask during this the color's were, like perfect i was like what the fuck is this mask you just like marathon evangelion i don't know if you noticed that but it's like purple and purple and green i'm like what what the fuck else is purple and green anyway uh we get like a heat segment on bushi for a while before he makes his own comeback on both gato and dick togo and then finally tags in naito uh evil you know tags on the other side of the big showdown naito just beats the crap out of evil great aggression here for all the uh people who say it doesn't show aggression or anger or whatever he shoves the ref down when he tries to stop him from stopping in the corner. Uh, they end up in a big form exchange, which Naito wins, but Evil grabs his hair to stop him from hitting Gloria. Uh, Naito comes back on the Enzigiri, but Evil rams him backward into the exposed corner when he tries for Gloria again and finally tags out to Ishimori. Uh, we get the you know the kind of standard everybody runs in and hits their move sequence. Uh, Naito and Evil are the standouts here. Naito tries this huge flying form that we don't really see him even attempt that often anymore i thought it was interesting that he did it uh in an eight-man tag here at cork and, uh evil sidesteps it uh just like i've seen ishii do repeatedly in the uh night series over on the patreon but uh he drops him on his head with a german suplex again kind of a sick bump to take here in a random eight-man tag but nitro gets right back up and no sells it it's a huge swinging det off the ropes look pretty cool uh gato and jato try to cheat their way to victory um you know they try to interfere on sonata that doesn't go well for them though and then sonata sets gato up on the top rope and uh basically like kicks him away or kicks the rope into him which sends his brass knuckles flying and then he submits him with the skull end uh afterwards naito and Ivo are like grabbing each other's hair on the floor and Evil's saying a sen naio, naito a naito, which i thought was kind of funny but yeah i'm definitely into that feud and I, I know some people aren't but uh you know, I think it was pretty. This was pretty good. Good action. Good Naito Evil exchanges that were pretty heated. I went mean, three and a quarter.
0: Um, I you're right. I thought Evil showed a lot of intensity here. Uh, the only stuff, that, the only thing though, like in this match that really stuck out to me was the Evil versus Naito stuff. The rest was sort of just kind of there for me. Mm. I don't know, but I mean, it was still good, and I agree with you that like Evil versus Naito, I think has. Uh, but, I mean, that's all that really matters, right? The whole point is you're trying to build heat for your main event, and I think they did that here very well. Although I think you probably could have cut off two minutes, especially when things are so storyline-driven in a match like this.
1: Uh, match number three was Okada, Toriano, and Sho beating Suzuki, Desperado, and Doki. Uh, Sho submitting Doki with the here they call it the Arm Lock Well, Hole. Will the fucking English site like... Oh, that's a cross arm breaker. Never mind. I thought they came up open another name for the Kimura. Uh, but yeah, so, Shosu show Doki in 916 with a cross arm breaker. Uh, this was a weird match since the two sides have no real beef, but uh, Okada and Suzuki got all up in each other's faces, presumably just for old times sake. Uh, it was nice to see Okada get to wrestle somebody other than Yujiro or Gato for a change. Uh, Show and Doki had a nice little exchange at the end And Show tapped out Doki with the cross arm breaker Continuing his recent submission tear I thought Doki was like a quiet Like MVP on these shows Not like he was One of the best wrestlers in the world or anything But like he was involved In a lot of finishing sequences Because he was losing them all And I thought he was pretty damn good on all of them He's, he's come a long way since uh He first showed up in New Japan But good little match here I went three and a quarter I thought this was pretty damn good
0: uh yeah, I thought uh it was sort of nothing except until the end. The last couple of minutes and I liked the show versus Doki stuff, but didn't really capture my attention other than that.
1: Okay. Uh but that that, that probably was my favorite part too, so I guess we're in, in alignment there. Uh and that goofball kind Okada of got way too into clapping to show theme at the end and even Show looked like vaguely horrified while he was trying to smile through it. Thought that was funny. Uh match number two Tenkoji, a, a rare team up lately since uh, Tenzan's been so busy with his Master Watto uh, you know, <laughs> Master Watto adventures. They beat Gabriel Kidd and Yota Tsuji in 852. Kojima pinning Suji with a Lariat. Uh, you know, this is a very standard tag team match. The Young Lions showed some good fire. I went like two and three quarters. It was pretty good.
0: I really like this. Oh. Um, I went three and a quarter. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love the part when suji and kid had uh, kojima in the corner and they were chopping them that i love that was awesome um and this was when i was like oh damn uh, suji's really improved uh because i wasn't w- necessarily watching all of the undercards and stuff during the new japan cup uh so this was a real pleasant surprise but i'm also like a huge 10 koji mark so you know you- i gotta give it some good marks.
1: The opener was Yuji Nagata beating Yuya Uemura in 806 with the Nagata Lock 2. I was kind of disappointed by this. Uh, it seemed like Nagata was moving a little slower than yesterday's match with Kid. I mean, he's old, I guess. What are you going to do? There was a great spot where they both fought over like a belly-to-belly suplex before Uihara finally got his double underhook belly-to-belly. I really hope he keeps that move even after he comes back from his excursion like five fucking years at this point. Uh, but Nagata, you know, tapped him out with the Nagata Lock 2 You know, like I said, a fun little match. But I just thought, after the kid match yesterday was so good, I thought this would be better. And you know, it was like three stars.
0: Yeah, I went three stars too. I would say the kid match was better. Uh, I agree with you on the belly to belly spot. But also, there was a also a great spot where uh, Nagata was beating Yumura up, and then it like built to like that sort of drop kick of hope type thing that was like. Sort of really fun too, but just I probably would say it was just a notch below the kid match. Maybe the what we think the golf is is different, but yeah. Uh,
1: so that's it for this show. I I don't I didn't like this one as much as the first show. Uh, it was fine, but you know definitely uh, you know definitely could have been better.
0: Yeah, but I mean four straight Corricans with the roster of that what it being in is what it is you're going to get something but i mean still wasn't bad
1: yeah uh the third night on august 8th on saturday um they had the semi-finals for the never open weight six man tournament uh the main event was the team of kuroki goto tomohiro ishii and yoshihashi defeating heres tanahashi Kota ibushi and master wato in uh, yoshihashi pinning master wato in 1711 with the karma uh this was awesome. I mean, this was just a really good match. Uh, you know, this started out with, uh, you know, we, we started out with the big the Hantai team cleaning house on Chaos. Uh, Wato, like, tagged in and tried to do some karate against Goto, but it didn't go too well for him as Goto kind of shrugged off his, uh, you know, little karate moves and him with a big shoulder block to put him down. Uh, we got, like, a big Ibushi and Ishii exchange for old time's sake. Uh, Ibushi you know, puts him down and hits a standing moonsault he drops Ishii right on his head with a German suplex but Ishii no-sold it and hit a big power slam before tagging out to Goto uh, Goto and Yoshihashi ended up double teaming Tanahashi who once again seemed to be the weak link of his team uh, Goto hit a reverse GTR on Tana and went for the f- uh, front version but Tana came back with a kind of weak looking twist and shout but then his second one looked a lot better Uh, Hit a big slap to the face and tried for Sling Blade, but Goto catches him, you know, just, like, holding onto his arms. And then Ibushi, you know, or or catches him and, like, lifts him up under his arms. I mean, like, was going for Ushigo Roshi. Ibushi saved him with a high kick to Goto into the Crucifix pin attempt. It was a great little uh, flash pin attempt there. They almost got the job done, but Ishii made the save. Uh, Tanashi and Koda recovered, hit a double-team Golden Blade, but Goto rolls out of the way. The high fly flow, which, like you said, he attempted on every fucking show. Uh, Yoshihashi and Wato tagged in, and we got the big showdown of immortals here. Yoshihashi and Master Wato. Uh, Yoshi took control of this kind of dumb-looking neckbreaker thing. Uh, Ibushi tried to come in, but Ishii took him out with a German suplex from behind. He and Yoshihashi double teamed Wato, and finally this titan met his match here at the hands of Ishii and Yoshiashi. Uh Yoshiashi hit a big running setup power bomb. That actually looked pretty cool. I'm like, why don't you do that move more often, buddy? Like so much of your offense so stupid. And that actually looks cool. Uh, but Wato kicked out at two. Uh Yoshi followed up with an axe bomber, but Wato kicked out at two again. Everybody came in one after another, and Ibushi and Tana are able to get back on the same page for a missile dropkick with Tana holding Ishii. I'll be honest, I thought he was going to move and Ibushi was going to hit Tana to continue that storyline, but, you know, didn't happen. Uh, Tana hold, held Yoshiashi for a double high kick uh, from Wato and Ibushi. That, looked, that actually looked pretty cool. And then Wato headed up and went for his RPP, the, you know, twisting senton thing he does. But Yoshiashi rolled out of the way uh Watto recovered hit a spinning kick and then some kind of weird arm hook driver thing i don't do you know what that thing is called i have no idea what to call that movie did it looks no, like no i don't lo- know either it looked almost like saki akai's finisher it was very like why we're stealing finishers from saki akai now i guess uh but yeah so kicked has to kick that at two again uh Watto hit a nice high kick but Gojo ran in and uh saved the day you get a double team Ushigiroshi and a super kick from Yoshihashi, or with a super kick from Yoshihashi, I should say. A sliding form from Ishii, and a double knees from Yoshihashi for a two count. Yoshi hit Karma on Wato and finally gets the pin. Uh, so there you go. This was an awesome main event. Uh, Yoshihashi and Wato. They're two guys who get a lot of hate, a lot of shit, but they both brought it here. They had a great closing stretch. Uh, I went back and forth, but I decided to fuck it, say fuck it, and go. Uh, no, I decided to, to say fuck it And go four stars flat There you go I did not fuck the match <laughs> uh,
0: I went three and three quarters uh, This might be my match of the tournament I think this is my match of the tournament Yeah it's definitely uh, mine too uh, Water looked great here And I think Whatever you think of him I think he's going to like grow into the gimmick And improve I mean he's already shown improvement over the course of these shows And this was a pretty probably the best performance i've seen since he returned triumphantly returned to new japan so uh yeah i mean it was awesome
1: so there you go that's uh that was a really awesome main event uh, and abushi got in ishii's face with the match he chocked him a few times and i'm like yes please give me abushi ishii randomly i would love it i'm like i don't know what they're only shooting their own angle or what but well be... i mean
0: ishii and Yoshihashi could probably come after the tag titles of mm. If Tanahashi and Abushi um, were to win them back,
1: that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Uh, the semi final was the other never open six man title tournament. Uh, semi final, actually. And Okada, Torayano, and Sho defeated Shingo, Bushi, and Sonata in 1307 by count out. Uh, Bushi got count out when he got tied to, the term- tied to the railing on the outside. I was wondering why the fuck this wasn't the main event, because on paper, you know. I feel like Chaos vs. Lij is a bigger match, uh, but like you know, especially with Okada in there. But uh, you know, given this fucking finish, I get why it wasn't the main event because this would be a pretty stupid finish to end the show with. Uh, get some nice grappling with Show and Shinada to start. Uh, you know, two guys that can definitely hold their own on the mat, and I like I like their exchange a lot. Ended with a bit of a stalemate. Uh, Yano and Bushi tagged in, and they exchanged roll-ups, and Yano somewhat comedically like, spots, spotted Shingo trying to pull him from out of the ring, but that just gave Bushi the chance to roll him up again for another two count. Uh, they both tagged out to Okada and Shingo, which is what people obviously wanted to see. I really hope they meet in the G1 this year, because I feel like they could have a really awesome match, uh, You know, we, which we haven't seen yet as far as a singles match. But we get the The big clean break from Okada, which of course uh, pisses Shingo off, but Shingo wins the resulting shoulder block battle. Uh, Bushi and Sonata help Shingo take control, just as we hit the five minute mark. Uh, There's some more chin locking from Shingo and then Bushi on Okada that isn't terribly exciting. Uh, Sho and Sonata tag back in, have another really fun exchange, and that's a. I think we're going to get that singles match in the KOPW, it sounds like, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh Show ends up getting the better of it and nearly tapping him out with an arm bar, but Sonata makes the ropes. Uh we got a big Bushi and Yano roll-up exchange sequence. Bushi kind of trips on the bottom rope on a dive, which I don't I don't think he was trying to do, but like Yano was moving out of the way anyway, so whatever. It's a good time to have a botch, I guess, when you're not supposed to hit the guy anyway. Uh Yano got the win by tying Bushi's mask to the barricade and taking the count out and annoyingly stupid finish to what had been a pretty damn good match by then. Uh, It was enough to take it down to three and a quarter for me, but the Sonata show stuff was awesome, and I look forward to the singles match.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just okay. Um, It was a little slow to start, I thought, and I didn't like the finish either. I think getting counted out, even though the way they did it, because it is a six-man tag, seems somewhat preposterous to me. Like, how do you get counted out when you have, like, (laughs) multiple teammates? It's just, I don't know. It sort of bothers me, I guess uh match number
1: four was another six fan tag not in the tournament though uh it was suzuki Goon losing here Minor suzuki desperado and doki uh losing to tenzan kojima and taguchi kojima pinning doki and 937 with a lariat uh all action a lot of fun before kojima got the pin i didn't take a lot of notes on it but i went three and a quarter i thought it was quite a bit of fun
0: yeah I just give it high marks Because Kojima actually won a match
1: <laughs> uh, And Taguchi afterwards Got a bonus armbar tap out on Desperado On the floor for some reason I was like what the fuck is up with that <laughs> Why do we have Desperado tapping out To Taguchi on the floor uh, Suzuki Especially
0: just... since you're building oh. To like another Desperado match
1: With yeah with Kojima right Yeah yeah. Uh, Suzuki just leaves he's like I don't give a shit about any of this I'm going for Shingo I thought it was kind of funny uh but yes yeah, so afterwards kojima announced his intention to compete in the kobw 2020 but desperado uh got offended on behalf of stan hansen that's always kind of funny i'm like okay so i guess that's gonna be a first round match i think we can we we can say we know three of them right you say okada yujiro sonata show and despi and despi kojima
0: yeah i think that's it
1: yeah so we we're just missing the fourth one so it's interesting Uh, I mean, I'm definitely, uh, you know, Okada Ujira will fucking suck again, probably. But the other two, I mean, I'd be pretty surprised if those two aren't pretty damn good matches. So I want to see what the fourth one is.
0: Well, Uh, I mean, this might sound crazy, but if, if you're bringing in shenanigans to the... Okada Ujiro match, it might actually turn out to be better than their just like standard singles match. Yeah. Depending on how it's booked. That's a good point. It could also be even worse, right? (laughs) But if anything, you could use the stip to cover it up, right? Well, you
1: heard what the two steps are going to be, right?
0: yeah i mean i don't the, which don't exactly sound <laughs> the best but i don't know i mean uh, people people like, in
1: slack are freaking out and like oh uh those tips sound terrible i'm like it's Okada yujiro i mean like what
0: what are they gonna do make it it can't get much worse i mean what's the big deal? honestly i would probably take the handicap match over the lumberjack match yeah because lumberjack matches suck
1: yeah i agree uh, so between matches three and four, we got the updated full schedule for G1 Climax 30. Uh, it is 19 shows. I wrote down the locations here. It's a little interesting. Uh, it starts out with two days at 80 Arena Osaka, two days in Sapporo. So that is a lot of travel. Uh, wh- Going to Hokkaido. Is, is, is Hokkaido still a hot spot? I, I don't think it is to the okay. same degree, but uh, I could be wrong. One day in Kobe, two days in Korokan. Uh, one day in Auri Ar- Ar- Nagaroka, which is frequently the New Japan Cup final. Uh, it's also in Sonata's hometown of Niigata, so I assume, or home prefecture of Niigata. So I assume Sonata will be in the main event of that one again, probably. Uh, one day in Takamatsu. Two days in Hiroshima, which I, I can't remember the last time they did two days in Hiroshima. It's usually a one-day one, one day stop. Uh, one day in Okayama. Another day back in Osaka. And these are all at the Ideon Arena. Uh, one day in Nagoya, the same place they just had the Sengoku Lord, the Dolphins Arena. Uh, one day in Hamamatsu. One day at the brand new Yokohama Budokan. So that'll be the first, you know, the first New Japan show there, I assume. And three day, three final days at Sumo Hall, which at least puts the rest to speculation that the pro wrestling companies can't book Sumo Hall during this. So that is going to happen still.
0: But the, those those last three days um, for Sumo Hall, they're in October, right? Yeah. I think they're the same. The canceled, canceled Sumo Halls for Noah and D T were in November, though, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think the Sumo I, Hall dates are still the same.
1: I think. I thought
0: someone said something about Sumo in November, and they wanted to protect the building just in case or something, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but, yeah, I think, the, I think the Sumo Hall dates are still the same, because that's when I was going to, you know, I still have a fucking flight there that I have to cancel shortly, but I think that's the same dates I already had planned on going. Uh, but, yeah, the G1 is supposed to kick off September 19th, so it was exactly six weeks from this show on August 8th. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it happens. Uh, match number three was the Suzuki-gun team of Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Yoshinobu Kanemaru beating Togi Makabe, Tomoyaki Homa, and Yuji Nagata in ten thirty-four. 34 uh, Taichi submitting Hanuman with the Stretch Plum. You know, this was all right, I guess. Nagata cleaned house early, really took it to Kanemaru. Uh, Zach Maru. came in to cut him off, and uh, Nagata came back on the Exploder. That whole exchange was pretty fun. Uh, Homer tagged in, and that part was not fun. <laughs> he tried his best, but uh didn't look like he was having a good day. And Taichi submitted him with the stretch plum. Uh, the stuff before, like I said, the stuff before Homer got in the room was fun. Most of it with Homer in there was not, really. So I went like two and three quarters.
0: I went Gentleman's 3. It was fine. Um, Then Hanma came in, yeah. But, you know, (laughs) Taichi wins the Stretch Plum, and everyone goes home happy, so it was fine.
1: Uh, Match number two, Yujiro Takahashi and Gato defeating Yota and Gabriel Kidd. Uh, Yujiro pinning Gabriel Kidd with the Pimp Juice in 751. Uh, this was probably my biggest uh, gap with fucking Grapple when I was filling this out. Um, I thought this was fine. I mean, I like the, the Young Lions kept things a certain level of excitement, even with Ujiro and Gato in there. Uh, you know, it just I went two and three quarters. It's not like I loved her or anything, but like, like Grapple hated it. Like it seemed like they were rating it like one and a half, one one three quarters, two stars. So I don't know where are you closer to me or close to Grapple?
0: Well, I went two. It was <laughs> meh. Although, like Kid and Suji looked good but i just couldn't couldn't get me over the hump to any more than two uh, and, and he, i'm not even like oh fuck you Juro's on my screen or something <laughs> like i don't hate him i'm not saying he's good but this just didn't do anything for me
1: uh the opener was yuya uimura defeating or losing to taiji shimori of course in 813 with the yes lock this was pretty damn good i mean this is uh you know the, I thought this was better than their Dominion match or New Japan Cup final or whatever the fuck they had that match at uh, in Osaka but yeah, Irimura started off really hot Taiji cut him off pretty quick on the floor uh, you know, this match was just really like a, a lot of fun stuff and Irimura just, just got the kick out of everything before finally tapping after the Yes Lock and there's some really great action I went 3.5, I thought this was like better than the last match, like I said, from Osaka and just a great deal of fun
0: yeah, I went three and a quarter. I thought the timing of Umura's uh, spots were great. Like, oh, is this guy going to do it? He got a lot of offense, and I thought Taiji's jumping knee looked cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, why the fuck did Ichimori scene suddenly cut to ELPs for a second? Was it like just to remind us that ELP exists,
0: or someone put in their tag team tra- trackers? Oh yeah, something? <laughs> it was very weird.
1: Uh the that but yeah, that's it for that show. Uh you know, awesome main event. So definitely a good show overall when you have a, a four star main event at a Korokan. So uh the final night of the Korokans here was the summer struggle August ninth from earlier today on Sunday. Uh the main event here was the finals in the Never Open With Six Man Titan Tournament, the big chaos showdown. Uh, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi defeating Kazuchika Okada, Toriyano, and Show. Ishii pinning Show in 2418 with the vertical drop frame buster to become the 21st never open weight six man champions. Uh, first of all, I have to say, as I just tweeted it, but like Yoshihashi not even being involved in the finish for to win his first championship after eight and a half fucking years is the greatest. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I don't know if you disagree on that, but that that is exactly how it should have been. I'm yeah,
0: sure. no, I agree.
1: So we start out with Okada and Yoshihashi. The Wrestle Kingdom 6 rematch is finally here. Uh, all three guys end up pounding on Yoshihashi, which isn't very nice of them, uh, before show tags in. Uh, Okada just fe- f- clearly fears Yoshihashi, did not want any part of him. Uh, we get a heat segment on show with Goto and then Ishii just beating his ass. Uh, Sho keeps trying to fight back on Ishii only to get put down with the chop and elbow combo as he really gives it to him there. Uh, it goes on for quite a while. Uh, Sho finally reverses a Godo suplex and looks to finally make the tag before Ishii and Yoshiashi run over to take out Okada and Yano. Uh, Sho double spears them and then finally makes the hot tag to Toriano, which is a little weird. Uh, his whole hot tag is basically taking the turnbuckle pad off nearly rolling up Goto, and then immediately getting cut off by Yoshihashi when he tried to do his uh, hang onto the ropes thing and getting hit with a backdrop suplex and lariat by Goto. So I guess you can't call it formulaic at least, but it was a bizarre hot tag after how long show got worked over. Uh, Yano tags in Okada, who has finally worked up the courage to face Yoshihashi again. Uh, they have a pretty tepid elbow exchange, with uh, which Yoshihashi at least ends with a hard chop before Okada wipes him out with a running back elbow. Um we get your standard big like everybody runs in and hits moves on each other exchange. Isn't really anything too exciting, honestly. Uh Yoshiashi ends up by hitting an okay super kick on Okada. Okada comes back and gets that stupid ass money clip locked in on him, uh which manages to look even worse than usual because of Yoshi's uh kind of bad selling. But Ishii makes the save after probably way too long, given that it's Yoshiashi. Uh Okada sets him up for the Rainmaker. And he hits the short-arm lariat just as so we get the 15-minute call. Uh, he goes for a second one, but Yoshi suddenly answers with his own short, short-range lariat. So that spot was at least awesome. Finally, the only good part, really, just Okada-Yoshiashi exchange. Um, he followed up with an axe bomber for a two-count and then locked in the stupid butterfly lock. But Okada made it to the ropes, finally, after a long struggle in that very dumb hold. Uh, we end up with Shio and Ishii, and this is where the match really picks up. Uh Sho tries a spear. Ishii blocks and it's a big suplex. Sho no sells and gets the spear after all. Yano comes in to help and it leads to a really close near fall for Sho on Ishii with a other, with a German suplex hold. Uh Sho starts nailing Ishii with some really hard kicks, but he comes back with a power bomb for a near fall, just as we hit the 20-minute mark. And that, like I said, thankfully this got pretty good now. Uh, Show eventually got the cross arm breaker locked in, and Ishii is just doing a great job screaming in agony here. Definitely go compare him to that Yoshiashi selling from earlier. It's not a, not a good comparison for Yoshi. Uh, Goto is able to dive in to save him, and Show ends up coming back and hitting a cross arm German suplex in Ishii for a two count. He wipes him out with a hard lariat. Uh, all the, but, but Okada and, uh, I'm sorry, but Goto and Yoshihashi come in to help Ishii finally. And then we get the Diving Double Knees from Yoshihashi. A Sliding Form from Ishii. Ishii hits a Lariat, but Sho kicks out at two. He hits the Brain Buster on Sho and Covers. And that's it. So, uh, that's the end of the match. But yeah, I thought this was surprisingly slow going at points. And again, comparing my take to Grapple's take, I'm way below it. was like a 4.22 average or something. And I was pretty surprised when I saw that. I mean, I would go three and a half. I liked it, but, uh, you know, the Ishii and Show stuff, like, saved the match after I thought the early portion was, like, surprisingly not very good at all. So, I would definitely take the Saturday main event over this one.
0: Uh, I also went three and a half. I was good, like, especially with the Show and Ishii stuff, like you said at the end. But that Okada, Yoshihashi stuff, just to fill time, because they're going 24, which is longer than they usually do in New Japan. Six minutes, they were... Obviously slowed down and looked like they were just trying to fill up space. Uh, one thing that I did uh, agree with you that Yoshihashi like sort of reversal into the lariat was awesome. But like I could feel the crowd wanted to scream for Yoshihashi when he did that. Right, right? that was just like that moment where it's like, ah, oh, we had the crowd; they'd be going what? And I think uh, uh, like a like a crowd that could you know chant and scream and whatever would have certainly helped this match too at times. Um, they were supposed to do that, like, beta test for this. Yeah, I saw that, but I was like, I was like, wait, am I supposed to be hearing something? But <laughs> I never heard anything. Yeah, the New Japan Cheer app, it just, yeah, I don't know what happened with that.
1: They, I, I never heard it all night either. I mean, this was, like, the weekend where I finally got used to the clap crowds, I think, because I just watched so many shows over and over and over again with all these crowds. Like, it just kind of, I'm not noticing it as much as I used to, I guess.
0: See, I hate, I hate the clap crowds, Clap! I said, "Crap!" <laughs> Clap! Uh, crowds now because, like, for the most part, like, uh, I was watching all of the all Japan at the arena shows, and they just stuck staffers and wrestlers that weren't wrestling in the in the crowd. So Kento would get his chance when he came out, and everything like that. People would at least pop for the big moves. So I, my brain hadn't been like rewired. Uh, so to speak, from the empty arena stuff as much I think as some people's were. So the clapping is still jarring to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just I got I got used to it finally, I guess. But uh, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, we're going to be stuck with it for a while, so mm-hmm. my no, no point really complaining about it anymore. But uh, you know, it as far as like, I mean, it was funny because it's like the moment I got used to it, I thought they were going to try this fucking cheer app thing. But they didn't you know, it didn't end up being anything. So like Milano held it up at the start of the show
0: and that was like well, the only thing we saw. I mean it could even if it's like the crowd can sort of control the volume, sometimes just like the quality of piped in noise just sounds crappy. Yeah. Regardless.
1: I mean I think the AEW shit sounds awful. I listened to that on this past week and I'm like once you notice it, that like it, it's almost like smackdown from two thousands level of like that, mm. that that repetitive like
0: uh like kind of sound. I haven't watched AEW in a couple of weeks, so I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah, like the tape shows, you can definitely notice it. Uh, the semi-made event here, Naito and Evil worked tonight. <laughs> I was Evil and Taiji Shimori beating Naito and Bushi in 1057 by DQ. Uh, so it started out with Naito uh, beating Evil's ass all around ringside. Very aggressive in the match in general, even just like tossing Marty Asami aside to keep stopping Evil in the corner and gave him a basic basement dropkick. Uh, the referee ended up getting bumped, and Dick Togo came in with his uh, choke wire of doom, but after all three guys were stomping on Naito, Hiromu suddenly returned. Uh, he's been out for a couple weeks now with this sh- shoulder injury. Uh, he went right after Ishimori, and the referee ends up calling it. A- he recovers and sees, uh, you know, tight— or uh Hiromu beating on Taiji and calls the DQ to give it to evil Nishimori so the angle was you know kind of cool the obviously it's not a great finish to a match, but uh it's not like the match was anything super special before that anyway so I, it's not really that big deal you know' this, just building up to two big uh two big matches of Jingu here so or jingu but yeah, I mean I thought I still want three stars. I thought it was heated, a good little brawl, obviously no finish, but you know build up match.
0: Uh, yeah, it was it was fine for what it was. It was an angle. I'm sort of surprised it took this long to get to a DQ finish between uh, these teams or like a combination of these teams, given how many shows we've had so far. And the Evil and Nido stuff was great, great build. So yeah, I mean, this is perfectly fine match just to advance the story. So I don't really have an issue with stuff like this.
1: Yeah. Uh, match number four at eight man tag Tanahashi, Ibushi, Tenzan, and Wato beating Taichi, Zack, Desperado, and Kanemaru. Tanahashi pinning Kanemaru in 1245 at the high fly flow. The Stop f- it. He finally hits that fucking move at least. Uh, it started out a bit slow. The brawl around ringside really was not anything special. Uh, things picked up back in the ring with a nice Ibushi Taichi exchange. Um, you know, they clapped loudly to support Ibushi, but then we got a big wild closing sequence with everyone running through and Tanahashi hit the high fly flow on Kennemar for the pin, which is easily his most decisive win in quite a long time uh but so I guess they're trying to show that he's like recovering finally, but yeah, the match really wasn't anything too special, especially the early boring portion. I went two and three quarters.
0: yeah, it's fine for what it was. uh I'd go the gentleman's three um I think when you sort of just keep after four like days of almost like the same combinations of teams, it's like you're gonna run out of stuff to do pretty fast. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one thing when you're going on like a house show tour and like not every show is televised in different cities and that, but you're going to get exposed for straight TV shows at Cork and uh,
1: Shingo and Sonata defeating Minoru Suzuki and Doki in twelve oh nine. Sonata pinning Doki at the O'Connor Bridge and, and uh, like I said in twelve oh nine, so uh, this was pretty good. Uh, I thought this, I actually liked this quite a bit. Uh, you know, Su- Suzuki and Doki jumped their opponents to the bell. Uh, turned into a wild brawl around ringside, and, you know, Suzuki used a chair on Shingo. Uh, and then Sonata and Doki had another pretty fun exchange and ended with Sonata pinning him with the uh, Ocounter roll. You know, fun match. I went three and a quarter. I really enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, I think this might have been the best sort of uh, undercard uh, match for me because it did a great job sort of est- further establishing the whole Shingo versus Suzuki thing. So, yeah, go about three and a quarter.
1: Match two was Kojima, Nagata, and Taguchi beating Makabe, Honma, and Suji. Kojima pinning Suji in 947 with a lariat. Uh, some fun action here with the old guys, uh, even including Honma for once as he and Nagata really went at it. Uh, and Yota Suji did a flipping senton on Kojima. <laughs> like He's a big guy to do a flip senton. That looked pretty cool. Uh, and then Kojima, though, finally comes back and lays him out with a lariat for the win. Another three and a quarter star match for me. Fun and energetic. I enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, it was fun. It was great for what it was. And as a third-generation enthusiast, I'm pro, actually, would like to see Yuji, Nagata, and Kojima as like a regular tag team, because they could still both go. I think that would be like what I would like to see, but I doubt New Japan will do that.
1: And the opener, Yujiro Takahashi and Gato beating Rimura and Gabriel Kidd in 832, with the uh, Yuji, Yujiro pinning Rimura in 832 with the Pimp Juice. Uh, I don't know. Match is pretty boring, I thought. Not even as good as yesterday. The Young Lions, uh, you know, they they tried to bring a little excitement when they fought back. But, uh, you know, Yujiro and Gato you can only do so much with them. But yeah, I didn't even think they was as good as the previous day's match. I only went two and a quarter here.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm probably going to admit that my attention wasn't completely focused on this. So I didn't really make... It just kind of reminded me of the day before, right? So I would just slap another like two stars on it, whatever. It was what it
1: was, but overall, yeah, really cool. I I thought this was a really fun weekend of uh, New Japan. I mean, I you know nothing. All four shows had their share of pretty damn good stuff. Uh, we got at least a four star match out of this. I mean, you know, out of this tournament and a bunch of a bunch of other stuff I really liked. So I would say it was a uh, a fun a fun four days, a fun tournament, and I definitely enjoyed it.
0: Uh, my biggest critique would be the undercard by day four with the exception of really the uh, uh, the Shingo and the Suzuki match with those guys it was starting to get a little tired and you know wearing on you I thought because we'd seen those combinations all before in one way or another Yeah, but it's still I mean overall it was still four fun shows
1: so there you go uh, I guess we'll move over then to Pro Wrestling Noah for two shows also at Corican Hall on August 4th, on Tuesday, and August 5th, Wednesday, they are both Departure 2020, the 20th anniversary of NOAA. Uh, I mean, first of all, the very first thing that has to be said, for the 20th anniversary of your promotion's founding, the best you can do is two Coricans with two matches between them. I mean, there's like two, the main event for big matches. Everything on both undercards was nothing. Like I was really flabbergasted just looking at these cards I don't know do, do you
0: just I, well I, I- guess if you're looking at it from a twentieth anniversary perspective, yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything special. I wouldn't say anything was offensive, like I gave a bunch of, like three three quarters and two and three quarters to the undercards, but I suppose if you sort of look at it as the twentieth anniversary, yeah, there was no spice or anything like that yeah on the I, cards. I just
1: very very found it very bizarre honestly uh. The main event of night one, which is... I mean, we're going to talk about the only thing on both shows that I really like that much. So, I mean, this is this is really right, right off the bat, and it was all downhill from here. Uh, the main event of the first day was for the GHC national title. Uh, Katsuh- Katsuhiko Nakajima trying to defend against Kano, but Kano gets the win by knockout in 24-45 so yeah this was awesome i mean this was the if you're gonna watch anything from these two shows this should be it i mean you really could skip almost everything else but this was an awesome match um we started things off with a big stare down just like go fujita although this one lasted only under two and a half minutes instead of 30 but i just thought it was funny that we had another Noah match that starts out with the the stare down uh nakajima finally just went after him uh, they do a cool little sequence on the floor early on where Kano gets like Irish whipped by Nakajima, but like grabs onto the ring post to swing himself back in the ring and then hit a baseball slide to Nakajima back on the floor. A cute and like kind of innovative spot. Uh, the brawl on the floor kind of drags a little bit, but things get better once they're back in the ring. Uh, we really hit overdrive with a crazy kick sequence from Nakajima and a spinning brain buster. He goes for the PK, but Kano manages to get out of the way. Uh, but he's, like, still down and selling the beating as we hit the 20-minute mark. Uh, Kano comes back by, like, kicking Nakajima's legs out from under him when he tries something off the top rope. And this spot I I don't love because it doesn't make a lot of sense why Nakajima is, like, suddenly unable to do anything just having his legs kicked. I mean, he was one who was kicking all this ass before, uh, before this, so there's really no reason for him to be selling. It's kind of a bad transition spot. Kano uh, hits a crazy dragon suplex off the top, and then an enormous top rope double stomp right after that. So that was really cool. Uh, Nakajima kicks out. We get a awesome fucking slap exchange. Both guys really trying to actually dodge them instead of just standing there and taking them. That was It looked really great. Uh, both guys start trading kicks, and Kano eventually gets the better of it with a high kick that puts Nakajima down, and the referee stops it for the knockout. An awesome finish they just ended up trading and cano just got the better of it in the end but yeah i went four and a quarter overall they were there are parts that dragged and i said that little one transition annoyed me a lot but it was just a super physical battle between two guys who just beat the piss out of each other exactly what i love in professional wrestling and like i said an awesome finish too so
0: i went four um yeah i agree that it sort of dragged in points but everything from like the top rope dragon suplex and the stomp was awesome. The finish was good and there was also like uh this one sequence where like Nakajima was like blocking a bunch of Kano's kicks and then just like unleashed a flurry of his own. Uh Kano doesn't always do it for me so I I don't know I sort of have this thing with him although I don't think he's bad by any stretch but he just never sort of reaches that sort of super elite level but I mean I still thought this was the best show a best match on both of these shows and definitely worth checking out.
1: Uh, the semi-main event was the alleged 28th anniversary match, six-man tag <laughs> team match. Naomiji Marafuji, Takashi Sugera, and Yoshinari Ogawa defeating Goshi Ozaki, Keito Kiyomiya, and Kataru Suzuki in 2745. And boy, it felt like uh, every second of that. But, I mean, it was just really boring. Uh, you know, it finally picked up when we had Go and Marufuji building up their match the next night. Uh, go use like these Vader hammers on Marafuji, which looked pretty good. But Marafuji came back with a key lock that he eventually got locked in on him after a brief struggle and Go tapped. Um, you know, I I was charitable and went three stars. I was very dull a lot of the way. Did pick up towards the end. But God, it was not worth 28 minutes of your life. I would not recommend watching it.
0: But uh, Yeah, I also went three stars. This was certainly... To me the most disappointing match of the two days because I didn't exactly have the highest expectations on uh, go versus Marafuji as a singles. but I was looking forward to this match. Um, I have like a few things. I liked the Ogawa versus Kaido stuff at the beginning. that was fun. and I thought the go versus Mara Fuji stuff at the end was actually pretty decent, but it just sort of lacked ended up lacking drama at the in the, like right at the end when he finally gets him in the, in the submission. And I also noted, like, when, when uh, marafuji has got Go in the key lock, I noted, just sort of, it, it sort of summed up the match for me. Ogawa and Suzuki are on the outside, and, like, Ogawa just casually, like, strolls up to Suzuki and gives him the most, like, least menacing-looking eye rake I've ever seen. And it's sort of, like, to keep him from uh, saving uh, go, and I just thought that summed it up. Like Just casually go and give it an eye rake at it, what's supposed to be a heated finish. So uh,
1: Match 4, can can you explain something to me? I never understand what the fuck is going on with Rattel's. Like, Daisuke Harada, Tadasuke, and Yohei, they're still teaming together in every show. They're not called Rattel's. The announcers refer to them as the former Rattel's. Why are they not just called Rattel's still? I don't understand.
0: I don't quite know. I mean, I get uh, it. I
1: mean, I get that fucking what's his, Hayata's not in it anymore, but like, why can't the rest of them just be Rattels if they're going to team up all the time anyway? I don't understand. Because they'll end up turning on each other in a couple of months anyway. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like one of the dumbest things. It's, it's a very minor thing, but just fucking annoys me. Like I'm. It's, it's it's like, okay, we split up Chaos, and now all the Chaos members are still teaming together, but they're not allowed to be called Chaos. It's like, what? Like, everybody would be like, what the fuck? Well, what does that like, mean?
0: I'm going to admit that I was watching Noah like all through early in the year, early in the year but then as soon as he... I realized how sort of bad their empty arena shows were like during the tag league. I sort of tuned out and waited for the crowds to come back. So I missed a bit of Noah. Although I've been catching up lately and I thought the Congo Produce show was actually a lot of fun uh from July twenty fourth. So I if I've missed something with the ongoing saga <laughs> I'm I, I, was... I just
1: I don't understand it either. Uh, but yeah, so Harada the not the retells. Harada, Dadasuke and Yohei defeated full throttle. Uh, Atsushi Kotoge, Hajimohara, Ohara, and Seki Yoshioka in 1455. Um, you know, this was to build up an I- IPW Junior title match for August 10th with Harada and Kotoge, which is a battle of X tag team partners. Uh, which, by the way, that, that belt like outliving the promotion in the UK is pretty funny. Um, Harada got his knees up on a Kotoge moonsault and just immediately pinned him, which was a, a pretty surprise ending. Uh, it was some perfectly fine Junior six-man action, no, nope, nothing really stood out here to me anyway. I went three stars on it again. So,
0: yeah, I thought it was fine, um, and I liked the finish. It was perfectly fine, like junior six man.
1: Uh, match number three was Mohamed Yone and Shuhei Taniguchi defeating the Congo team of Manabu Soya and Yoshiiki Inamura in thirteen thirty. Uh, you know, Soya with the bright red hair just looks so different than the Soya yeah. I remember from Wrestle One. It's like really crazy. Uh, Soya and Maybach had a nice little thick-do battle, but this this match was like, again, something you wouldn't expect to say a few years ago. Match was pretty good when Maybach Taniguchi, of all people, was in there. Uh, especially when he was in there with Soya. But it was pretty bad when Yone was in there. Yone had a bad night. Uh, Taniguchi, you know, he had a series of PKs for the win. Uh, you know, I just like... I don't know, even the portion with him and Soya kind of ended up to drag by the, a little by the end. So I would go with two and a half. I mean, this was like... A average match.
0: I like this. I went three and a quarter. Uh, I thought Taniguchi versus Soya was the highlight. Also, I would recommend on the July 24th Congo produce show, there's a pretty good Taniguchi versus Manabu Soya singles match. That's worth checking out. Um, but I, also I thought Inamura didn't really do anything. It was really all Taniguchi and Soya uh, for here, but I, I liked it.
1: Match two, Hayata and Kenya Okada defeating... Congo uh, a team of How and Neo um, you know, this was just really not good. I mean, the indie rific awkwardness to it, especially when Hayata and How were working together uh, just spots where both guys would stop randomly or things that just looked very, very overly clunky uh, Hayata ended up getting the pin with a roll up I just didn't like this at all went one and three quarters
0: I went like two and a half uh, it never really like if you're going to do sloppy ju- uh, indie level work then at least you know do some crazy shit which they didn't even bother to do here it was whatever I mean it didn't like l- come across as the worst match or anything so I'll just give it a two and a half and... Uh,
1: the opener Masa Kitamiya beating Akitoshi Akitoshi Saito at 914 uh, Sayeto can you know can have his moments but this was not it I mean <laughs> it was old man Sayeto beating down Kitamiya for a while uh, and then, you know, he hit him with a weak-looking spear for the win. Not good. One and a half stars.
0: Yeah, I went one and three quarters. Just, oh, this shouldn't have been on this show.
1: So, yeah, this <laughs> Undercard was not good. Uh, you know, Main Event was awesome. Undercard was pretty damn bad with, like, you know, peaked at three stars for me and some really bad stuff in the earlier part of it especially, so definitely not, you know, like I said, just watch the Main Event. You don't have to watch anything else from the show. Uh, then, I don't know, do you disagree with that at all? No. The Noah Day 2, Departure Day 2 on August 5th. Um, so this started out with a, a main event that I guess is be, proving to be pretty divisive, with Ghost Shizaki and Naomi Chimera Fuji. It has a high, a much higher rating on fucking Cage Match than I ever would have expected. It's an 838 based oh, wow. on 20 votes, which, like, averages out to, like, a four, you know, almost a four and a quarter. Like, between the four inmates and four. are
0: running the asylum. Yeah,
1: I don't know what that fucking rate... I mean, I thought this fucking sucked. I mean, I, I've seen other people say it sucked, too. I've seen a lot of people say it was fine. I saw one guy on Twitter say it was match of the year, which I'm like, okay. But, yeah, I thought this was, like, one of the worst major world title matches I've seen in a long time. I just thought it was really bad. I mean, it dragged forever. I mean almost 31 minutes. Uh, started very slow. Um, you know, there was a nice spot where Go, where Marufuji sent like a he dropped to a hole Go into the barricade, which looked dangerous, but still a very slow pace. Uh, we get a long grounded headlock from Marufuji that felt like it went on forever. Uh, you know, Marufuji did the probably the highlight of the match, other than that that drop toll was Marufuji hitting his uh, step up knee attack on Go with Go in midair going for a diving shoulder block. Uh, but it was so boring again after that. I mean, the only spot of note I have in quite a while is Marufuji hitting an apron pile driver on Go, which honestly didn't even look that cool. Uh, Go went for the Go Flasher for a two count, or he hit the Go Flasher for a two count. Uh, Marufuji hit a very sloppy-looking strike sequence, and then that stupid, like, standing Shuronai that I always thought looked bad, and that he gets that for a two count before the 20-minute mark. Uh, he hits the real Shuronai for another two count. They fight to the top rope, uh, and Marrow gets the sure on the top, but Go kicks out too again. And there's nothing wrong with this finishing sequence, but like, it just feels extremely by the numbers with neither guy showing anything in the way of passion or fire. I didn't think either guy was selling really particularly well either. It just felt like, you know, we're here, we're doing this match, this is what we're doing. It just didn't, it didn't, like, nothing in here grabbed me at all. We get another very awkward sequence where Go just kind of ends up standing there for a second before Maru like wraps him up in his wacky submission takedown and then gets a key lock. Uh, And Go selling just like again looked very lethargic here to me and uh, just wasn't into that at all. Uh, We finally get some energy from Marufuji with a nice little combo of knee strikes and super kicks on Go for a two count. Uh, The crowd also starts clapping much louder here, indicating they're finally into it as we hit the 25-minute mark. Uh, Marafuji hits a knee attack after a very delayed cover Go kicks out uh, I don't know Marafuji goes for something I don't, I don't even know what but Go kind of like catches him in midair and just kind of hoists him up and hits the Emerald Frozen uh, and now both guys are down which is exactly what this match did not need uh, they did a very slow chop exchange uh, and again we're almost 30 minutes in here and the chop exchange was and a slow chop exchange was not what this match needed either Uh, you know, they start chopping each other a little faster and it gets a little better, but I was still very ready for this match to be over. Thankfully, it almost was. And Go hit an Emerald Frozen just for the 30-minute call. Marafroji kicks out. uh, Go slams him and hits a moonsault for the pin. Uh, Thank God. I thought this fucking sucked. Like I said, I went one and three quarters. I don't even think it deserves two stars. Uh, Neither guy looked like they gave a shit. Neither guy showed any fire. Neither guy sold particularly well. They look like they just slept walk through a match that was just dull as shit. Uh, I just didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like it at all. And it's not like I'm some Go Shiozaki or Noah hater. I mean, Go versus Kiyomiya from the start of the year is like a four and three-quarter star match and like one of my matches of the year. But uh, this, just wasn't, this just wasn't good.
0: Uh, well, I'm not going to go insane like some people at Cage Match, but I just went Gentleman's 3 on this. Uh, it was slow and it dragged. But as someone that has to, like, force myself not to pick up my phone when I get bored watching wrestling, it somehow still managed to keep my attention enough, so I didn't pick up my phone. Although that's not to say it was, like, thrilling, but it was just barely enough. And there was some absolutely sloppy stuff in here, I agree. Um, I don't know. I, I appreciate Go at least looking like he's trying to sell his arm through most of the match, which is something that not wrestlers sort of don't even some wrestlers don't even bother to try to do uh when it comes to limb selling i don't know I, I i couldn't truly hate it but like uh like i couldn't love it either i thought it was fine for it was passable i guess i don't know
1: not for a minute Fine. Mean, three stars is a great gt title match I think. for for a 30 minute match <laughs> yeah. too also, right yeah. like there was
0: a couple of moments that i, I couldn't hate it you know so uh i kind of liked i guess so yeah three
1: Match number four in the show was the Sugera gun team and a 12 man tag team match. Hideki Suzuki, Kazayashi, Kazushi Sakuraba, Kendo Kashin, Nosawaranga, and Takashi Sugera defeating the Kongo team of Hao, Neo, Kano, Manabu Soya, Miya and Yoshiki Inamura in 1958. Um, this I enjoyed. I, went, I liked this quite a bit. I mean, there was some really nice grappling with Kano and Sakuraba early uh hideki and soya had this like big boy confrontation with a test of strength and then a headlock into the corner things got kind of heated there and hideki even like pie faced him as he broke the hold which is pretty great uh came in next and really wanted sugera but like somewhat hilariously they tell nosawa to go get him instead uh that went about as well for him as you probably expect uh after that all six members of kongo took turns beating up kendo kashin which was kind of funny uh, they did, they went, tried to do the same thing, which Sugara didn't go nearly as well, as he wiped out most of that team with Lariats. Um, we got a plancha from Sakuraba, which was cool. Uh, it was immediately followed up by a kind of long chin lock from Sugara, which was less cool. But just when things were getting boring, Kongo came, or Kano came in to thankfully wake things up with his awesome kicks. Takes out multiple guys just before the 15-minute call. Uh, and then mia runs out of Hideki, but Hideki comes back with his awesome kneeling tombstone and a double-arm suplex for the pin, uh, like I said, slow sometimes, but undoubtedly the best match of these two undercards and, you know, the second best match of either two shows for me. I went three and a half on it.
0: I also went three and a half. This was the real 20th anniversary Noah match <laughs> for me. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the Keno versus Saku stuff at the beginning, I loved the grappling. Uh, Soya looked so angry at Hideki. It was an incredible, like his facial expressions of anger at Hideki were awesome. And Kendo Kashin didn't stink up the place. He was perfectly fine and passable, so you know that's a plus. So yeah, three and a half. Uh,
1: match number three was the Stinger team of Hayata, Kotaro Suzuki, and Yoshinari Ogawa beating definitely not retells the H- Daisuke Harada, Tadasuke, and Yohei in twelve twenty nine. This was just just a match, fine, but nothing special. Uh, Hayata ended up pinning Harada with a kind of awkward roll-up at the end of a kind of awkward sequence. So I went two and a half on it. It was fine.
0: I went three. Um, yeah, it was fine. You know, uh, you think I think you nailed everything about or lacking in the match, so yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: match two was Daiki Inaba, Kaito Kiyomiya, and Shuhei Tanaguchi defeating Full Throttle. chushi kotoge, Hajime Ohara, and Seiki Yoshioka in 1333. Uh, you know this was an interesting six man with a heavyweight trio against a junior trio Uh, the undercard I thought here was more interesting than the previous days in general Uh, there was some nice action with Yoshioka running wild on Inaba and Kiyomiya including a very nice acai moonsault where he landed on his feet over the railing perfectly so you know he looked good here Uh, another fun little undercard match with Kiyomiya pinning Ohara with a Tiger Suplex ult I would go three and a quarter I thought I enjoyed myself quite a bit here
0: I also went three and a quarter. I liked the last couple minutes with Ohara and Kaito. Although I have written in my notes here and and this is what I thought about when I was watching it: Were the juniors too dominant over Kaito at points in this match? Yeah, maybe.
1: Think? Kaito sells for everybody, though. It's kind of his old thing. I know, but like,
0: <laughs> he could like stop selling for like juniors and like undercard guys. At yeah. some Point. I don't know, but that just stuck out to me.
1: Uh, the opener was Katsuhiko Nakajima, Kenya Okada, and Mohabanyone defeating Akitoshi Saito and Masao Inoue, the Dark Agents, and uh, Seiya Morohashi in 1251. Um, this Our first big disappointment of the day here was uh, Masao Inoue coming out to Saito's theme song, which means we don't get to hear the greatest theme song of all time. Really <laughs> love that Inoue theme song. Uh, a big step down here for Nakajima from the main event as national champion to the opener against the old guys without the belt. But yeah, this was definitely way more energetic than the opening few matches from yesterday. Uh, mostly thanks to Nakajima running... Over, or from the prior day, I should say. Mostly thanks to Nakajima running around and beating ass. And then Yone pinned Morohashi with a muscle buster. Enjoyable little opener. I went three stars. So
0: Yeah, it was, it was fine. I'd go about three stars too. Uh, I thought the highlight for me is the beginning when Nakajima was just stomping... In Inoue's foot. I just thought that was hilarious.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Alright folks I guess we've covered a
0: ton of stuff here so uh. uh oh, although I suppose one thing like what do you like I have been tuned out of Noah for so long and it's just sort of like I don't know where I feel like this company is going compared to like how awesome I thought it was the first couple of months of 2020.
1: Yeah I mean they're they're kind of in a weird little transition period now or something so uh you know it's very uh it, it it i don't know it's, it's not like it's a, it's definitely not my favorite promotion right now i will say that i mean i don't know where they're going either um they still have a lot of talent so i'm not you know i, I think they can get things back in uh back in gear at some point but yeah i mean you know they were a promotion I really loved in 2019 and was really enjoying at the start of the year and they've definitely fallen off a lot
0: nassau was moving down those booker of the year rankings i think at this
1: yeah point. i think so but yeah i mean uh you know overall this it was a weird weird two shows because you know yeah. complete inverse of each other the first show awesome main event terrible undercard or pretty bad undercard second show pretty bad main event terrible main event and a pretty damn good undercard so they put it together they would have one good show but they didn't so what are you gonna do uh any any other final thoughts i guess on these two shows
0: uh no my only other thought is like that upcoming uh yokohama Bunka gym show it could go disastrous on how they end up bo- if they depending on how they book it it could be a fiasco i think but you know
1: yeah you know it's, we'll
0: see like it, i like because mudo's been making noise about challenging for the GHC for like for a couple of months now mm-hmm. so i'm like worried that he's gonna beat kaido
1: yeah i guess we'll find i guess we'll say i don't know yeah Um, You know, he he very well could. Right. So, all right, we can wrap it up here. Give me some plugs.
0: Yeah. uh, So uh, stay tuned for Voices of Wrestling wall-to-wall coverage of the champion carnival. I know that uh, Thomas and Paul are also eager to do that. And next week, look out. uh, I will have a multi-part series. I think it'll run about three parts. Uh, August 15th, 2020 marks 10 years since Toshiaki Kawada wrestled his final match. He didn't. He just sort of disappeared and had lost interest apparently after Misawa died. So he didn't go through the whole retirement thing. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I don't think anyone would dispute that. So I'm just sort of doing a retrospective, of all of his biggest and best or most important matches from after the Noah split because that's a time that sort of I feel in his career that really gets ignored. Everyone knows the. Classic All Japan stuff from the '90s, but he's got like a ton of awesome stuff from the 2000s that I think a lot of people slept on because people weren't watching All Japan, or and he also pops up in Zero One with some decent stuff at points. So I'm going to be going through uh, basically the best matches of the 2000s for Kawada. I always I, I always, I
1: always, I always forget he was Zero One World Champion.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was like in so yeah, that was like in 2009. So literally like the year before he retired he was zero one champion
1: yeah uh, so that that belt has had like a bizarre history but nagata held it too uh you know it, it still has the awa belt <laughs> representing yeah. it but what are you gonna it's a weird belt all right folks so of course you can follow us on twitter at russell omakase uh wrestling would fed of course you can check out the patreon patreon.com slash wrestling omakase We're going to have continuing coverage of the King of DDT and Tokyo Joshi Princess Cup. I'm going to go right over to watching King of DDT as soon as I finish recording and editing this. So, uh, you know, got a packed weekend here of stuff. So I hope you'll come check it out for only $5 a month. Uh, Next week on the free feed, uh, we're going to have myself and TJ from One Wrestling. The One Wrestling podcast will be rejoining me. Uh, We're going to talk about the All Japan Corican from next week, August 15th. Uh, We're going to talk about whatever comes out from the Stardom Five Star GP. Uh, At least the the whole opening night should be out by then. And we'll see if there's anything out from the 8.15 Osaka show before we record on Sunday. Uh, And we'll also talk about the second week of the New Japan Cup USA. So that should be a lot of fun. So definitely check that out next week. In the meantime, thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time.